All right, Terrence Shannon Jr. about to enter his final season at Illinois. Just got a huge compliment from our very own Scott Ritchie, who compared him to Io. For one practice in August for an hour, Terrence Shannon Jr. looked a lot like Io DeSumo. Just the way he operated, how he got to his spots, where those spots were, how he finished. Um, Looks like he's primed for a big season. That's high praise from old curmudgeon Scott Ritchie. He'll explain uh, what he saw at that practice, and he'll talk a little Spain basketball. He'll even talk about the new Big Ten. This week's podcast, Inside the Line of Basketball, come back after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On the Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, happy Monday morning, everyone. And this is a reason to be happy today, especially because um, I've been let back in the podcast booth. Uh, Despite the protests outside the News Gazette, despite the ratings, record ratings, despite pleas from Scott Ritchie to keep Ed Bond. Well, I mean, the protest probably would have gone better if it wasn't just me and my picket sign. Keep Ed, it said. Fire Rosso. I don't know how to – I'm willing to look past that, Scott Ritchie. That's, that's big of you. <laughs> Thank you. And this is Jim Rosso back from a week suspension, week off from uh, inside Illini basketball. Why was I gone last week? I'm moving a kid in yeah. to school. It's all jumbles together now. But I'm back for a scintillating half hour of Illinois basketball talk. Ed Bond has agreed to serve, continue as executive producer after a one-week host did spectacular. I listened to it on the way back from from St. Charles, Missouri. And uh, it was great. And I don't know how I should take this, Scott Ritchie, but you appeared happy during the podcast. <laughs> well, I don't think Ed ever told me I was wrong about everything I said. So. No name-calling, no eureka bashing. Yeah, I mean, on one hand, it was very strange just because I didn't, hadn't had any experiences like it before. On the other, it was really nice. I'm going to turn a new leaf. I'm going to be. I'm going to channel my inner Ed Bond, and try to replicate his kindness. I'm going to have to go back and listen to some previous episodes where you've made similar claims of uh, turning over that said leaf, and uh, I think you didn't just flip it right back over to the, the other side. All right, we're here with Scott Ritchie, our award-winning basketball beat writer. He's been busy uh, over at football as well. We might touch on that just a tad, but doggone it, uh, I thought you were in Barcelona actually. Uh, until I saw your friendly face here. But you still have the, the dirt on what happened over in Spain, right? Yeah. Um, you know, wish I could have gone. But not so much for the basketball or being with the team, but just because I would like to go to Spain and really see the sights. Yeah. I have no interest in leaving this beautiful country of ours. Maybe down to Mexico, but that's about <laughs> it. Um, I've got I've got bigger plans. I'd, I'd like to see the rest of the world. Um, but no, uh there was basketball played yesterday 
well, evening, I think, in Madrid or somewhere near Madrid. Um, and then it was afternoon, a noon tip here in Champaign. Uh, Illinois won, for Let's what go. it's worth. Beat the Madrid All-Stars, which is just guys that live in Madrid that can play basketball and are, are you know, professionals. But not like, I mean, it's not their regular team, certainly. Um but it was a 84-73 victory. Come from behind effort. Doubled up the, the Madrid All-Stars in the fourth quarter to pull it off. Um, Dane Danger, 16 points, 15 rebounds. was impressive. Sincere Harris had 14 points and was 6 of 14 from the field doing so. Um, also impressive. And then, you know, the rest of it, not so much. I saw some highlights of their social media uh, team sent out. Those of uh, anyone who played at the old Champagne YMCA on Church Street could recognize the glare of the sun coming through the windows in some of those highlights. I was going to say, it did not look well lit inside except for the the sun shining in, which is maybe not the best shooting backdrop clearly must not have been the best shooting backdrop because Illinois is three of 25 from three-point range um, 17 of 31 at the free throw line like those are not good numbers and then to have twice as many turnovers as assists is also bad but it's August it was in Spain in some random gym that they could get time in so you know several grains of salt but the shooting I don't I mean that was, that was an issue last year. You know, Brett Underwood was asked about it last week before they left, and like at best he was just hopeful it would be better because of you know the new additions to the roster and you know uh, a full season of a healthy Luke, Luke Goody. But like he ended you know his comments about three point shooting was like you know it can't be any worse than it was last season. So let's hope, let's pray. I think he said, yeah, let's pray it's better. Like that's. I'm not sure like that's a a strong statement from the Illinois coach. And then it seemed, you know, shot 12% in its first game in Spain. So maybe not having a strong feeling about shooting was was honest in a way from Brad Underwood. What's Spanish for panic button? Have you looked that up yet, Scott Ritchie? I haven't. Okay. Like I'm not going to hit it because, again, August, Spain, random, not well-lit gym. Um but I have to shoot it better. Last year, 30.8% as a team. It was roughly, well, it was last in the Big Ten, roughly like 340th nationally, and that's bad. Um, and if you look at it, in the Underwood era, in the last six seasons, Illinois is shooting 33.8% from three. Like, that's just fairly mediocre. And, in fact, they have, in that six-year span, two of the four worst three-point shooting seasons in program history. Got a text from uh, Coach Underwood just seconds ago. said, you suck to it shooting, Richie. Yeah, that's why I'm not a college basketball player. I, I, mid-range and in. That's my, that's my area. I didn't take threes because I didn't make them. Um, perhaps a lesson to be learned there. If you don't make them, don't take them. Two more games in 
Spain for the Illini. Looks like they're having fun. They're good. I saw the best post was Laurent Black is the video coordinator something at Dayton. Yeah, he's this is his second That's season, awesome. I think. Um Yeah, and just you know, the Illinois contingent ran into him at O'Hare because Dayton was also off on uh its own foreign tour. So you just it's the random people you see at airports sometimes. Mm-hmm. I heading to the twenty nineteen Red Box Bowl, I saw Kofi Coburn at O'Hare. I don't know where he was going. How about when you went crop dusting last summer? Was did you see anybody there? Usually those planes don't fly out of airports. Just a a grass strip, maybe. Also Mostly one seaters and I don't know how to fly, so I'm not sure I'd fare well in a crop duster. All right, two more games. What uh what do you did they play everybody? I have not had a chance to look at the box score and um, you have basically like okay. twelve You told me the walk ons were gonna play. Did well, they? Yes, because AJ Red started. And that's when the freak out on social media began. Because Elmo posted a, a graphic of the, the five starters, there was AJ Red and it's like some were like, who? Because obviously they don't know that you know he was a standout at St. Ignatius before walking on in Illinois last year. Um, but then others were like, why? And it was mostly because everyone's going to play. They're going to take her with lineups. Um, doesn't matter who starts, especially in Spain. Uh, but the only three that didn't play were Marcus Damask, who's dealing with the left hamstring injury and could play in Spain, but they're not going to force the issue. Uh, Keaton Kutcher, 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 um, another walk-on. He's still recovering from a concussion, so he's definitely not going to play in Spain. And then another walk-on, Max Williams, who transferred from DePaul, where he was a walk-on. Um, also got a DNP, but for no, like no reason was given. All right, you talk about Coach Underwood maybe being concerned with shooting, but he wasn't even the coach, right? He just he just chilled on the bench, took notes. Yeah, notes probably started with make shots would be my guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, Tim Anderson coached the first game, so okay. he, he got the got the dub. Um, Chester Frazier has game two in Valencia on, I want to say Wednesday. When's the ninth? Maybe it's the seventh. I don't remember. But and then Jeff Alexander will get the final game of the trip um, against the Catalonia All Stars. All right, the Illini contingent met with uh, the media before they left. What was on that Thursday, I think. Uh, Wednesday. Interesting. They opened Wednesday. They opened up the scrimmage. Heard a lot about that from various people who watched it. Don't know if I trust anybody because I trust you, Scott Ritchie. All right. Okay. Who were your top three players from these the limited scrimmage that you got to watch? Terrence Shannon Jr. Who you wrote about in your Sunday News Gazette. I did. Um, and then also Sun, Sunday's Good Morning Line Nation. Yeah, wrote about Terrence as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, he was an all-Big Ten player last year, and he should be that again this year. Has not regressed. That's good to see when you have a – you know, an older fella, you just never know how they're going to approach the uh, off season. But he still has some professional dreams, so he yeah. can't he can't and tone it down at all. No, and he has expanded his game a little bit. 
like he was very Iota Sumu esque and utilizing, you know, the mid range during that practice. And it's said something that, you know, he just really hasn't used before, but it's available to him and he was really efficient, you know, in that fifteen to eighteen foot range. And I mean obviously the the analytics say layups and threes only, essentially. Um, because layups are supposed to be easy and three points is more than two points, but if defenses want to give Terrence Shannon an open look from 15 feet, like take it, because you know it's an it's an efficient spot for him. Like he, I'm not sure I saw him miss on the the mid range jumpers he took in that practice. So it's an interesting wrinkle for his game. Um, also, real quick, real quick before you go to your other two, curious, you know, in discussions when. When Shannon is talking with Underwood about coming back for one more year, you don't think he asked Coach, hey, can, I, I get the green light from three-point land. Whatever happens, if you say this, I'm coming back. Well, I'm sure he has it. And Really? Well, he – let me see how many threes he took um, against the Madrid All-Stars. Took six. That was the most of mm-hmm. – tied Luke Goody for the most of any on the team. He didn't make any of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. So – so at no point does well, Underwood with the coach, of course, the first game. Nobody can say, hey, stop shooting the three. Probably not. Okay. Just checking. I mean, he's their best player. Basically has, I think, carte blanche to kind of do whatever he wants. Um, as long as it was in the framework of what they're trying to do as a team. Um, of course, if he goes 0 for 6 too many times in a row, then maybe... The red light goes up, or a yellow light. There was sun in the gym, mind you. Yeah, well, everybody again who played at the McKinley Y knows how hard it is. Yeah, but still, three of twenty-five. Like that's no twelve percent sun in gym. Okay, even then you'd expect more to go in. Just the law of averages. Um, Back to your two other good players from the scrimmage. Uh, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn was was good. Okay, freshman guard. Um, because obviously they played a, a little bit of five on five, and he was sort of the point guard opposite Ty Rogers, and like they mixed the two. Like they didn't have like, oh, those are your five starters playing together during the the practice. But um, Ty was playing with Terrence and Coleman Hawkins, so it's leaning towards maybe the first group there. But Jerry Gibbs Lawhorn just doesn't lack for confidence at all. Um, he's really aggressive taking the ball to the basket. Um, looking to score, uh, just it was a—I mean—an hour in August in a practice and sort of a very structured five-on-five, five. Um, but seems like he's going to get minutes this year, which is interesting because they've got twelve scholarship players, and I think all of them could make a case for getting minutes. It's going to be tricky because there's only two hundred to go around in every game. Did you pull coach aside and say, hey, let me watch more practices? I think I've always said I will come at all times. Used to be able to get in there a little more. All right. Um, Way back when, pre-Underwood, pre-Gross, I Mm -hmm. think. You'd just be at Albany all the time. That was before Twitter. Third player that uh, impressed you last week. Probably Quincy Garrier. Just very physical. 
um, very athletic, and is a type of player they didn't have, like let's say last year. Um, can stretch the floor, knock down some threes. He did in the practice. Um, I mean, nobody did in Spain, so it's really not worth a comp. He, he took one three and missed it. Um, but yeah, it's just, and he's twenty four. Like he gets it. Plays good defense. He's long. I think that's probably going to be a pretty good offseason addition there. All right, Scott Ritchie, our award-winning basketball beat writer, uh, back in the studio, uh, finishing up August, getting ready for a new school year. Excited about basketball. Working on his – he never stops working on his top 25 thoughts. And you know, that ballot's not coming out for two more months, right? Yeah, it's like third week okay. of October. Still doesn't have Illinois in his top 25. I'm trying to convince him otherwise. They're close, but all right. No, but there's the first reference of you're wrong. Okay, and I think other people would probably say that, but okay, it's uh, yeah, and I've got to see them before I rank Illinois. Like I've got to see what this team is, like see if it's not what I think it is, because that's what I mean. That's what preseason rankings are. It's like what you think, because mm-hmm. you haven't seen these groups and. There's questions about the Illinois team. All right, last uh, over the before the weekend started, got news of Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten. Pretty doggone soon. Yeah, next year. All right, means that uh, weird floor in Oregon becomes part of our rotation. Yeah, I like a lot of things about Oregon. Like I'm right a uniform jersey kind of guy, so like I like the different options. But that floor is hard to watch basketball on. You need to get over that. I mean. I don't know if I've ever seen a Washington home basketball game on TV. I got it. I, uh, I was trying to think of maybe a, like a big W. Do they have? I just it means nothing to me in basketball. I don't know. I've so I was in Seattle in May. Um, walked around campus a little bit. And I was scouting because I obviously knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, cool looking arena on the outside. Uh, Alaska Airlines Arena. Okay. It's red brick. It's just a different looking facility. Didn't go inside, obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like when Brandon Roy played at Washington right. on TV. Like they've been not very good the last couple of years. Don't know anything about him. Anyway, Mike Hopkins is the coach, former Bayheim. Yeah, not doing great, project. right? No, no, no. I mean, he had like I mean, he had like Markel Fultz. Like he got some high profile recruits early, but just never won okay. anything, and still isn't winning. Well, all the talk, of course, is how those two schools fit in football. Yeah, very little talk about how they fit in in any other sport, and that includes basketball. Well, yeah, because football is the only thing that matters with this round, well, any conference realignment, but especially this round, um, as the universities and conferences conferences have just ceded all control to their media partners. Um, Mm -hmm. You sound grumpy about that. Well, it's just, I mean, like, if they would just be honest about it, it's like, yeah, I mean, Washington and Oregon are coming in on a, a cut rate, but when we renegotiate again in seven years, this is going to just mean all sorts of money, even more money than the $7 billion deal the Big Ten just signed. Um, yeah, it's like the Big Ten plays a 20-game basketball schedule. You have 18 teams. It's just It's going to look really funny when you play – 14 teams once and then three teams twice to get to 20? Or do you play 22 games? In that case, uh, play 12 teams once and five teams twice? It's still 
it's obviously very, very unbalanced. Um, would you say, okay, the second time you play some of these teams, like it doesn't actually count in the league standings and it's just like a 17 game schedule, so to speak, um, to determine the conference champion. I mean, it'd be a true, true conference champ at that point, but it's, uh, I don't know how they're going to do it. Well, there's some smart folks out there. I'm thinking that will uh, figure this out. Well, yeah, Maybe. but like for basket, like for football, it's fine. Like whatever. Like is it? Well, I mean, this they. <laughs> Someone's going to be mad. Someone's going to be happy. Yeah, but like, it's not going to be as unbalanced as this, as basketball would be. Just in terms of, you're just strange looking. Mm-hmm. Where you play. Again, fourteen teams once, and then three teams twice. Like, I don't know, it's weird. All right, but but, think, but they don't care because it's all about football, right? Uh, they left before you could get the reaction. You think anybody cares over at the Illinois camp how this played out? You think they're does this benefit anyone over there? Are they happy to be going to Oregon to play on that court? They get to uh, see Mount Rainier. Ed Bond is happy. He raised his hand. I mean, well. I, so talk with Brad Underwood in last month at the Kindleville golf outing about scheduling. Cause at that point the B- big 10 had announced football scheduling for 2024, which now has to be blown up because they're adding two more teams. But yeah, he thought that probably was trending towards 22 league games um, with 18 teams, probably going that direction even harder. I would imagine, but like he just, he just wanted to know, like, what it was going to be. And those answers aren't coming any sooner than they were a month ago. Probably take even longer now. I just think every other, like a coach of every other sports of football understands that they don't matter so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, basketball is really popular, more popular in Illinois than football, but it's not what's driving these decisions and they kind of just get what they get. All right. Um, so far they haven't added more, uh, schools yet. Not we yet. Might have news next Monday's podcast. We'll see. When All right. Get, when they get to 20 or 24, or I think at some point just 32 big 10 teams, 32 sec teams, you got the AFC, the NFC and mm-hmm. the rest of the sports can just deal. That's down the road. Let's worry about that later, Scott Ritchie, all right? Hey, a bunch of uh, former Central and Centennial players hooped it up on uh, Saturday night in Champaign. I saw Michael Finke. Any other former Illini types did I see on the court? I saw Jay Simpson, our columnist, Purdue. Yeah. Um, There was some thought that – Trent Meacham played, coached. There's another – Ravante Rice, there was like – thought that he would be there. I'm okay. not sure that he was. All right. Um, Great turnout. Uh, love to see that. I'm surprised that so many the, people turned out. The new gym at Central. Yeah. So there's uh, Centennial somehow beat Central. <laughs> not sure how that happened. Well, I mean, I don't know either. But always good to see those guys. The uh, I'd be curious, Scott Ritchie, for you to track down all those former line. I know you did it for football over the weekend former line in the NFL, but I think we're we're due for another where are all the basketball players these days. I did that about three weeks ago. Did you? I did. I missed that. 
Yeah. Like everybody? Like everyone that's ever played at Illinois ever? Or just yeah. the ones that... Yeah, just that are still walking around, hooping it up. That are the ones that are actively playing. Okay. Yeah, I did all those. Oh, well, doggone it. Well, thank you, Scott Richie. I had to go back and look at that. I apologize. There were... I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty good number. Um, you know, you mentioned Michael Finke. He played this past season in Portugal. Okay. Um, Ravante Rice played in Taiwan. Um, he's been all over, like all over. But like he put up, I'm not sure the level of competition in Taiwan. It was Ray averaged like 30 points a game. He was maybe the best player in the league. It seems like. Um, Obviously, Kofi was in Japan. Trent was in. Trent Fraser was in Russia. Um, Andres Felice was back in Spain for another season. Um, yeah, and then the former Illini that has been playing the longest and is still active. Um, of course, he didn't finish his career at Illinois, uh, but Jamar Smith still playing. Hmm, that's incredible. Yeah, and playing like he, he's playing on like good teams and good leagues and has been for a decade plus. Of course, I, I mean, I guess the, the Screaming Eagles of Southern Indiana can also claim him as well. The end of his Illinois career was uh, absolutely a little ugly. All right, hopefully you've signed up for uh, our basketball newsletter. It has a rival now. It has the football newsletter. I hope you're you're not taking offense because Bob Osmussen is on your heels in a number of ways. He has matched your good morning Illini Nation. That, of course, comes out at 6 a.m. on Illini HQ every day with his can't wait for Saturday which comes out at 7 p.m. or 7 a.m. each day are you are you threatened no because I I'm first at 6 a.m. okay and you mentioned the, the football newsletter I'm also writing things that contribute to that good point so Scott Ritchie which was my transition you've been huddling with the uh, the Illini coach Bielema and, and crew in their limited media availabilities what have you learned this first week? I mean, not much. Okay. They can stretch. They're they're good at that. Um, yeah, that's, you can see a little bit of special teams, some individual position drills, but like that. How's Caleb Griffin looking? One of my favorite players. Well, the last kick I saw him take on, I think it was last Thursday, about a 50, 51, 52-yarder. Money. Didn't make it. Oh. But otherwise, he looked fine. That uh, carries on until their opener in a few weeks. Volleyball, I saw, had their media day in Chicago again. Yeah. Why, why are they doing that? Um, For the Big Ten Network, I suppose, knocks yeah. out a bunch of stuff. It's okay. 100% geared towards okay. them and their content. Um, but they'll have like an on-campus media day coming up. It would have to be soon because the season starts at the end of the month. But... Um, Did they release any uh, uh, predicted order of finish? In the Big Ten for volleyball? volleyball? Yeah. Yeah, Illinois picked seventh where it finished last year. Okay. It's, I mean. Might get you in the tournament. Could. Um, they'd ha- they'll have to fare better in the non-conference portion of the, the season. Um, but even then, I think they have to win close to everything because it's not. They got a couple of tough matchups with. Not the highest level. All right, again, uh, basketball uh, coming home in another week or so. Uh, meantime, there's some high school kids that uh, are still paying attention. Do you fill me in on the recruiting angle? 
Well, I think maybe one of the most intriguing prospects. Um, just he picked up a couple of sort of summer honors last week. Um, it's Koa Pete. I know youngest, that name. Youngest son of Todd, Champaign Central grad. Star. Uh, Champion Central star. Yeah. Went on to play football at NIU. Um, he's had several standout athlete children, um, including uh, Koa's maybe oldest brother. One of the oldest. Uh, Andrews Pete played in the NFL for a number of seasons with offensive linemen. But you know, Koa Pete, class of 2025 forward, um, had a really good summer on the Adidas circuit, but also just one of the top players in the country in his class, five-star recruit, um, basically consensus top eight. Um, has been super productive as a freshman and sophomore at um, Perry High School in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, and, like, he's already, like, 6'8", 225, um, just pretty physical specimen. So he, he's overpowering a lot of maybe of his, of his age group players, but... We'll see kind of how you know he progresses as he gets older, and everybody maybe catches up a little bit, you know, physically. But just very talented and very productive, and you know, obviously has the champagne ties. But that hasn't always meant much because I don't know, like Kylan Boswell went to Arizona. I know we're due. All right, really, one of these kids has to come back. I think it's this one. I mean, none because uh, like I think all of Koa's brothers and sisters have played college sports somewhere a lot of them at the division one level and I don't know, none of them played at illinois all right uh, illinois is not uh, they're the only big 10 team uh, nebraska's over there right yeah nebraska okay. in spain as well like they st- started their trip about four or five days before illinois so they're just kind of ahead and they played the madrid all-star yeah, as well in law and one, one overtime close overtime. game, but like yeah. they didn't have their best player because uh, Kaisei Tominaga is playing for Japan in the World Cup, um, and then a couple other starters. They also didn't have Aaron Euless, and he but he might not ever play at Nebraska because he got busted for gambling. Yeah, that that whole story uh, kind of alerted me to. I can't believe more people aren't getting in trouble with that. Yeah, well. The Maybe thing, just haven't been caught. Yeah, the thing that got these this group of Iowa and Iowa State athletes was just their uh, essentially like forging the documents to be able to place said bets. Um, but yeah, I like one of them. Like also one of them, like at Iowa State, like used like his mom's account. Like, don't be if you're gonna do this. Like, don't be dumb. You know how most criminals are caught? It's because they're not real smart. They they make dumb decisions. and But also, you know, don't do it because it's against the NCAA rules and you'll lose your eligibility. Seems to be a reason enough maybe to abstain from wagering on sports. All right, well, we let Ed Bond submit one question for his hard work last week. Of course, he got paid a six-pack of Bush Light and a pack of beef jerky, the normal going rate here at the Inside of Lineup Basketball Podcast. Okay. But as one question uh, centers on the Big Ten race, still wants to know if it's Michigan State, Purdue, 
Illinois, as you've been saying for a long time. Anything so. has changed. Nothing has changed in this last Not month. Really. Um, I mean, it's definitely still Michigan State and Purdue at the top. And then I think there's a slight gap. Not a big gap, but a slight gap. Then Illinois. And then probably like, oh, I want to say Indiana. Actually, I have did this before. Um, Indiana. And I think Maryland, Wisconsin kind of round out the top six. And then seven through 11, Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa, Nebraska, Michigan, kind of close. Rutgers, I've dropped them mm. where they should be because oh. they lost their two of their three best players. It has to hurt. For Steve Peichel, I think it does. And for you, our resident Scarlet Knight. I just... I think that he's done a pretty incredible job for a as, basketball program that was in the dumps. As we've heard, Steve Peichel, Steve Peichel, good coach. And over. Um, then like and over. Penn State, Minnesota at the bottom. But yeah, I think Illinois solidly third. It's good to know. Appreciate your insight, Scott Ritchie. As always, see, it's a nice cordial back and forth we're yeah. having. Yeah. Right, we can do this. Yes, we can. Will we? TBD. Next week, maybe we'll hold hands during the podcast. Nothing wrong with that, mind no. you. I'd have to like also sit right next to you. What our listeners maybe can't we'll see is like mi- we're across the table. Maybe we'll share the microphone. How about that? <laughs> well, Bond is all for that. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, Scott Rich. It's been a pleasure listening to you. We'll. Uh, We'll hear from you next Monday. See you.